0: John chapter 1 and verse 12. Of course, I've got several other scriptures, but I want to use this as a launching pad to kind of start off the message. John chapter 1 verse uh, verse 12. We've been going through the month of January with the vision that the Lord has for our church and the things that I feel that God is leading us into, the things that he wants to see happen in our church. Like the first week, we talked about number one most important thing that you and I ought to have is the right relationship with Jesus Christ. That we step into the year 2020 on the right foot, on the right track, and on the right path. Until we are in the right relationship with the Lord, all these other things will not benefit us one bit. He is asking us to come into the right relationship with Him. And then the second week, we talked about how God wants us all to be healed from sicknesses and diseases, and not only physically, but God wants us to be healed emotionally and spiritually. He wants us to be healed in all aspects of our lives. And then last week, we talked about how God wants us to be set free. That God does not want us to go into this new year still bound up in chains and still have bondages keeping us from the purpose that God has for us in our lives. He wants us all to be free indeed. And then this week, I feel like the Lord led me to how this new year in 2020, God wants us to be empowered to fulfill His calling, to fulfill the purpose for the kingdom. He wants us all to be empowered by His Spirit. John chapter 1 and verse 12. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in His name. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask God You help me this morning to preach Your Word. God, I pray for a special touch. Lord, I pray, God, you pour out your spirit upon me, Lord, that I may preach with boldness, with clarity, and with authority. Lord, that some word or something I do or say, Lord, that may touch the hearts and the lives of people here. Lord, I don't believe there's anybody here that's here by happenstance or by uh, chance. God, I believe everybody is here for a divine reason, divine purpose. God, we pray, God, you meet with us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Believers, in a sense, are like cell phones. You you charge them up and then you go out and you use them and you use them and then you use them from time to time. And And the thing about it is they're great to have. They're great tools. As believers, we're great tools for the kingdom of God. We're great tools. We're a great asset to the body of Christ. But here's the thing. If you go so long and you're being used and you're being used and you're being used, eventually if you don't connect yourself back to the power source, you eventually will die. I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually. Once your phone goes dead, and I will say uh, most teenagers and young kids know really about this because how many times throughout the house I'll say, Where's the charger at? My phone's dead. I forgot to plug it up. How many times throughout the day have I heard that, that, that saying from somebody in particular? I won't call any names. My phone's dead. If we don't stay connected to the power source, Jesus wants to empower us today. Because without His Spirit, without His power, without His anointing, you and I cannot do anything. All All power comes from the Lord. God wants us to empower. What does empower mean? It means He wants to put the power in us. But well, notice what, the, what this verse says. Look and notice what verse 12 says. It says to them that believe. To whom that believe. The ones that Jesus wants to uh, pour out His Spirit into are the ones that follow Him, are the ones that believe in Him. There's a big contrast between light and darkness. There's a big uh, contrast between exception and rejection. And so there's also a contrast between believers and non-believers. But Jesus wants to bless those that are believers in Him, and He wants to empower them with His Spirit. Four things I want to show you this morning of why you and I need His Spirit this morning. Number one, we need the Holy Spirit to do the things that Jesus did. John 14 and 12. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. So, what is Jesus trying to say here? What is Jesus saying? This is right before he goes and ascends back into heaven. But he didn't want to leave until he first commissioned the disciples, he wanted to uh, empower them with his spirit. Because He knew without His Spirit living and dwelling on the inside of them they could not continue out the commission of the Lord. They could not continue the Gospel. They couldn't continue the works of Jesus Christ. He's he's saying that it is expedient therefore brethren that I may go away. But I shall not leave you comfortless for I will send you the Helper. I will send you the Comforter which is the Holy Ghost. He didn't leave us alone. We're not, we are not by ourselves. You may feel like you're all alone. You may feel like you're going through this whole thing by yourself. But I promise you and I want to encourage you this morning that Jesus Christ gave us a way out. He gave us this Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in all truth and manners to comfort us in all times of need. But in truth, even though Jesus left, he still was present he still was not absent because he left his spirit with them and now therefore by him leaving his spirit now the disciples now empowered so now when jesus walked the face of this earth and uh, performing all the miracles and all the the healings and deliverings and all these things that jesus done Now it's not just Jesus doing the work. It's not just Jesus healing the sick and and raising the dead and and healing blinded eyes and deaf ears. It's not just Jesus doing this now. Now he's gave the power to the disciples. Now it's Jesus and twelve more men that are full of the empowerment of his spirit. And now that he has left, his spirit is now dwelling in our midst. Now not only did it do for the twelve, but now look at the hundreds and Thousands. Look at the millions of Christians who are empowered by His Spirit. Now He is doing His miracle, and the Lord's doing His works through the hearts and lives of millions of people who accepted Him, who believed in Him, who are now empowered by His Spirit because we all know, and like these people know, that we cannot do these things unless we connect ourselves to the power source to the source where our strength comes from, and that is the Lord. Without the the Spirit of God in us and living and dwelling in us, we cannot do anything. You've heard the, the old saying, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You can't even do that. As for me, this morning, as I, as your pastor, preaching you the message that God has laid upon my heart, without His Spirit uh, giving me the power, giving me the strength, and giving me the anointing, I can't even stand behind this pulpit and preach the Word this morning. We can't read His Word without His Spirit. We can't pray without His Spirit. We can't go and lay hands on people without His Spirit. We can't even go to Walmart without His Spirit. Romans 8 and 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now lives and dwells in you. My thing is, like on Wednesday nights, we've been talking about defined. Who are you in Christ? Knowing who your identity is. What God what God has called you to do. But here's the thing. If you have received the empowerment of His Spirit, and now you are filled with that power, if you don't realize who you are, you don't realize how strong of a spirit you have in you. And see, I truly believe if the church really knows who they are and what they are called to do. And they know the power that is within them they wouldn't do half the stuff that they do they wouldn't take uh, mold hills and make mountains out of them they wouldn't sweat the petty stuff they wouldn't go around and, and bicker and argue about the silliest things they wouldn't go and try to be uh, number one they won't go and try to be uh, competitive with the body of Christ they won't let the little little things tear them all apart they won't uh, start arguments and they won't raise Cain in the house of God because they know. What is inside of them? The Spirit of God that lives and dwells and empowers you will also lead you and guide you. So if you know who you are, and these things, and the, and the Spirit is in you, it will show you the things that are of not God. It will witness the things of the Father. Number two, we need the empower, empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do the commands of Christ. The commands of Christ. John 14, 15 through 17. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father. And He will give you another. Here it is. Another helper. That He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees me. Nor knows me. But you know him. He's talking to the believer right there. Because you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Here's the thing. Many believers throughout the course of their walk, throughout the course of their lives, have had this big expectation that they have to live up to whether it be uh, different pastors, different ministers, different teachers, uh, teaching uh, different uh, ways that a Christian should live, and, and, and Christians, how they feel like they have to live up to this expectation. But here's the thing, they're trying to do it within themselves. Like, they get the verse from Matthew 5, 48, Therefore, ye shall be perfect. That's what the Word of God says. It says, therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So when they read this passage of Scripture, they, they begin to think, I can't mess up. I have to walk a straight line. I have to. I cannot fall. I cannot mess up because I'm scared if I mess up, I won't make it into heaven. What I have said all along, that when we read the Bible, when we read the Scriptures, not to take the Scriptures for face value. Because, yes, the Word of God says that you shall be perfect for your Father in heaven is also perfect. But Jesus does not define the word perfect like we define perfect. Now, Brother Webster defines perfect in his latest book called The Dictionary as being flawless, satisfying to all requirements. Flawless, perfection. But in the original Greek context, that perfect word is where we get the word teleos, which means complete. Complete mature and finished that's what God is expecting us to do and be is complete mature and finished because if that was true that would be contradicting to the word of God because the Bible also teaches in Romans that all have fallen short of the glory of God so with that being said if this, this uh, passage scripture right here means that we have to be perfect it would contradict itself Jesus Christ did not look at us to be perfect, He knows we're going to mess up. He knows we're going to fall. He knows we're going to shift to the left. He knows we're going to shift to the right. He knows that the tempter is still alive and doing very well, walking back and forth and seeking whom he may devour. And he is still trying to destroy the church. He is still trying to discourage believers. He already knew these things. So therefore, when he uh, ascended back into heaven, he knew that you and I would need his spirit to keep us strong and to keep us on the right track. Because we cannot fulfill the things that God has called us to do without His Spirit. One word, perfect, requires flawlessness, satisfying of all requirements, but yet the other perfect means completed us by God's grace, finished that good work that He began in us through Jesus Christ, maturing us through and satisfying the work of His Holy Spirit. We can't, we can't keep Christ's commands. When, when, God, when Christ tells us and commands us through His Word, and when we pray, and, and when God commands us to do certain things, you cannot do it unless He equips you with His Spirit. The thing about it is, is number three, we need the Holy Spirit to stand in the face of rejection. We have to have the Spirit to stand in the face of Rejection. Because we are in perilous times. It's not when perilous times will come. It is now we are in perilous times. And so John 15, 18 through 27. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet... Because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the world that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you uh, for my name's sake, because they do not know me who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them they would have no sin but now they have no excuse for their sin He who hates me hates my father also If I had not done among them the works which no one else did they would have no sin but now they have seen and also hated both me and my father But this happened that the word the, the word might be fulfilled which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the Helper comes, there's your promise again, but when the Helper comes, who I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me since the beginning." in the society in the world we are living in today rejection and, and, and resentment and all these things are going to come to are going to come to the church when you are out here trying to witness the Lord until uh, your uh, maybe your friends or co-workers or certain people that you come in contact with uh, with you are trying to witness to them and and, and you feel persecuted because you know the fact that you are trying to witness to someone that doesn't know Jesus Christ. And so now they make fun of you and they and they make you feel condemned or they make you feel like your, your belief is fake. Several years ago, uh, while I was on my route, I talked to one of my customers who I always thought was a pretty good guy. You know, we always got along great and I always talked. But I didn't know he was a Muslim. I knew that. And so he knew I was Christian. He knew, I, he knew I was very active in church. He invited me to his church, which is the, the, the Islam Center on, on 70. He invited me to come to his church. I invited him to come to my church, but yet we never did cross uh, directions. And so we would share our faith with one another. I would share with him Jesus Christ and him crucified. He would share with me Allah and Muhammad. And the things he would try to bring out to me, tried to question me in my faith. And so what I'm trying to, my point is simply this, that there are more than one uh, beliefs other than Christianity. And there are going to be people that are going to try to come against you and try to persecute you for what you stand for and what you believe. But, But if you look at this passage of Scripture, it may not look very encouraging. Because it's they hate you, they hate me, they persecute you, they persecute me. But what Jesus was trying to do, he was trying to encourage us that when we do go through these things, you're not alone because I have already went through it. I have already faced it. I've already been through it. But says, I have already been through it, I have sent you my spirit. I have sent you my comfort that will give you the power that you need, will give you the comfort that you need, that you may be able to go through these things, through these times. And you may be thinking this morning that I'm not a pastor. I'm not a pulpit preacher. I'm not a Sunday school teacher. I'm not a teacher in general. I can't go out and minister the word of God. I can't go out and spread the gospel. But I want to share this with you. Jesus is saying because he was first persecuted. Now what you are doing when you do these things. All you are doing is sharing the very foundation of your faith in which you yourself believe. Nobody said you had to be a pastor or a preacher to go around and share your faith with somebody else. Throughout my walk growing up. When I was in church and I used to go to the Pinson Baptist Church when I was was young. When I was a little kid. And I, w- I felt persecuted myself because we've got to understand that there's more than one type of persecution. And, I, and I, it doesn't always mean physical harm. I would carry a Bible with me or I would try to uh, uh, share what happened at church or like uh, something exciting happened. I wanted to share it with my friends because uh, I was excited. It made me feel good. I had fun. I loved going to church. And I was trying to share uh, all this with my friends. They made fun of me. They laughed at me. They made me feel like I was a nobody. They made me feel like I was, I was literally stupid. I was, hey, this don't make no sense. And why are you even talking about these things? I literally felt persecuted. But I know that the Lord gave me the comfort that I need. And yes, it bothered me for a little bit, but the Spirit of God helped me heal from that persecution, making me feel worthless, making me feel like I was a nobody. But we have a hope this morning. We have a hope, and his name is Jesus Christ. Is that when, not if, it's when we go through these times that he will empower us with his spirit, and he will give us the strength, the comfort, and the peace that you and I need. Look at Peter. We all know Peter. Look at Peter in the book of the Gospels, and then look at Peter in the book of Acts. When Peter was in the Gospels, he was a very insecure. He was very arrogant. He was, very, he was always the one, as we all know him, he was the one that always walked around with his foot stuck in his mouth. But in the book of Acts, after the Spirit of God poured out onto him, he became very decisive, very determined, and he became perfect, purposeful. The Spirit of God will do with you in a, what a phone booth will do for Clark Kent. It will empower you. And number four, we need the Holy Spirit to reference the gospel. We need the Spirit of God to reference the gospel. John 16, 8 through 15. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin. Because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my Father. And you see me no more All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So not only does the Holy Spirit give us the power to do the works that Christ did and also keep his commandments and be able to stand in the face of rejection but also to proclaim the truth of the gospel. Because again, we have to have the Spirit of God Living and dwelling on the inside of us before we can ever do anything. Because we can't save anyone. We can't deliver anyone. We can't do anything. But through the empowerment of His Spirit, we can boldly proclaim the gospel and the truth to people we come in contact with. When we humbly pray before we ever leave the house, God, you fill me forever, walk out of this house. Give me what I need. Give me the strength. Empower me of your spirit, Lord, that I may win a soul to you today. Lord, lead me to somebody that needs you. Lord, put somebody in my path, Lord, that needs to hear your words. Now, a lot of us have this image. That these things, because, again, I'm not a pastor. I can't, I can't spread the gospel like that. I'm not, I'm not called to do that. No, again, you're only sharing what you uh, yourself believe, the very foundation of what your faith is resting upon, which is the word of God. So it is the work of the Spirit in our lives, confirming the words that he has spoken to one another to soften the heart of the listener and to acknowledge his words as true. Now, I'm going to jump off on a side note here talking about i'm still i'm still talking about the empowerment of the spirit i truly believe over the past several years that the pentecostal and the charismatic churches have have taken the spirit of god and and have uh displayed it out of its proper use and what, what do you mean by that it's like people today in the Pentecost Church and the Charismatic churches. It seems like on social media or on certain events, they they uh, they put out this advertisement of, "Well, come to our church, you'll be blessed, or you'll see where uh, it talks about the Spirit of God moving, and the, and the Spirit and the, and the Holy Ghost and fire will come and, and pour out upon you, and and all these great things." Now, before I go any further, please do not misunderstand what I'm what I'm trying to say. Please don't uh, misunderstand the point that I'm trying to make. I love the Holy Ghost. I love the spirits that uh, the spirit when he moves in our midst. I love seeing people get blessed and people get touched. I love the outpouring. I love it. I wish it would happen every single service if all possible. But here's the thing. When we are empowered by the Spirit and we find ourselves go, uh, going to church and we pray that the Lord will pour His Spirit out, Lord, that He will uh, uh, move in a special and a mighty way. And, and when it seems like we are doing it because I want to feel or I want to, I want to run, I want to, I want to jump tonight, I want to shout tonight, I want to do these things, and, and we find ourselves with more I, 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 I's instead of Him. And the thing about it is, we got to understand that the Spirit of God is not just for us. That is not the reason God empowered us with the Spirit, because it's not just for us. So let me break it down a little further. When you go out and you labor for the Lord and you labor in the kingdom and you you labor trying to build the church up, trying to build the uh, the body of Christ, and you're trying to uh, go out here and labor and win souls and and see the sick uh, 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 free and the bondage free. When you're out here laboring, what do, what happens when you do it for a certain amount of time? You become tired. You become weary, your spirit becomes fatigued because you have labored, you have labored and you have labored, but it's then then when we come into the house of God, God sees our labors, he sees our works, he sees all the things that we've done outside this church trying to build up his kingdom through the power and the spirit that he empowered in us so therefore, when we come to the church and come into the house of God by him seeing that, then he says, "There's my son, there's the one that's been laboring for the kingdom." There's the one that's been laboring for the house. There's the one I will I'm gonna pour out a special blessing because how many times have you been in that type of service and the Spirit of God pours out on you and how you feel after you leave the church? You feel like giants. You feel you when you come in you feel so tired, you, you feel so beat down, but when the spirit comes upon you, you feel you feel refreshed, you feel uh you feel so energized, you feel like a Lord has been lifted off of you. So that's what he is doing to the ones that have labored for the kingdom. He recharges them. He pours out his spirit to do what? To empower them again. But it seems like when the, the, the... past few years that the Pentecostal movement and the charismatic movement is only using the Holy Ghost as as a platform performance because they it seems like they that's what they think draws people in. That's what they see, what 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 people want. They want to see that fire. They want to see that. But and that is true. But when we come in and we want the spirit, the spirit, the spirit, the spirit And yet, we get revived, we get restored, we get filled with the Holy Ghost, and yet, when we go outside, we don't utilize that spirit until we come back into the church. Wow. Uh, Oh, y'all getting quiet on me. So when we come into the house and we pray, God, pour your spirit out, pour it on me. Lord, Lord fill me, fill my heart. I'm dry and, I'm, I'm, and, and we we say all kinds of different things. And God, out of the gracious and mercy of his heart, he pours out his spirit upon you and you feel so refreshed. But yet when you go out of here, when you leave here, you don't utilize that spirit and that blessing that he has put inside of you. In my personal opinion, that's what I call spiritual abuse. Because you are misusing what the actual Spirit is four. Do you have scripture? I'm glad you asked. Acts 1, 4 and 8. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to uh, depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You had heard from me, for John truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, now here's the words of Jesus, It's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Now, verse 8, here comes the promise. But ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, here's the purpose. You've got your promise. Now, here's the purpose. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth." Why does God empower us with His Spirit? So that we can go outside these four walls and we can continue the kingdom unto people. We can be an outreach for the kingdom. We can be empowered because I'm going to tell you this one thing. I, When I look for a blessing, when I need to be a blessing to God, I don't come into the house of the Lord and look it for it in, in the sight of a shout. I don't look for my blessings to come from a, an aisle running. I don't look for my blessings to become... Jump around like a Mexican bean over in front of this church. I don't look at it through the things of that. I, when I want a blessing, when I want to be a blessing, I call upon the name of the Lord, and I say, God, I need you to fill me with your spirit. I need you to empower me. Lord, fill my vessel up that I may go forth outside the church, and that I may expand the kingdom of God. You will not know where I get a blessing from is when I go and I find someone that has a broken heart, and I take my hands, and I lay them upon their hand, and when the spirit comes through me and comes into that person and their heart is mended. But when I see somebody that is sick and down and I pray God you feel me now and when I lay my hands on them that the spirit comes down through me and into that person and see them recover. But when I see somebody that is bound in chains and bound with depression, anxiety and having heartaches when the spirit of God fills me and I put my hands upon that person and the spirit of God flows through me and into that person they recover. That's where I get the blessing from. All the other things is the icing on the cake. I'm going for the meat. I'm going for the meat. Oh, God, help us not to come in here and misuse your spirit. Help us not to abuse the rightful purpose of your spirit. It's just like we got the whole empowerment, vision, and, and image all wrong. When we think of empowerment, we think feeling, we think of God pouring out, we think uh, again, we think aisle running, we think jumping, shouting, tongue talking. But I'm going to tell you what: when you use the Spirit more like it's supposed to be, you're going to get more than old bye bye and old tie tie. You're going to get more out of that outside these four walls when you get the Spirit of God in you and use it for its right purpose. Don't abuse the Spirit of God. God wants us to be empowered. In this new year. But the reason I said that. And the reason I preached it the way God put it on my heart. Is because I don't want you to misunderstand the point I'm trying to bring out this morning. I, Yes, again, I love I'll run. I love taking and running down the center of this aisle. I love jumping around and dancing in the spirit. I love shouting. I love speaking in tongues. But when I uh, get the spirit, I want to fulfill that spirit through its proper purpose. Because if I don't then I am locking the hands of God for pouring out His Spirit more upon my life. Because God is trying to tell us, why do you want me to pour my Spirit upon you when you can't use what I've already gave you? This bottle right here will only hold so much water. When it gets to the top, if you try to put more in it, it's just going to overflow. But what God's trying to say, let me... Uh, empower you once more. Let me fill your bottle up one more time. And Then what you and I are supposed to do, we are supposed to take this full bottle of His Spirit and go out and start pouring it out on people that we come in contact with. We're supposed to pour all this upon other hearts and souls. That way when we come in this house and we are empty, we have nothing. God, I am weak. I'm fatiguing my spirit. God, I need you to pour out my spirit. It's when the people of God come in hungry. When they come in fatigue when they come in with empty spirits, and that's when you have a Holy Ghost revival. Yes. It's not when people are trying to hoard the, the Spirit of God and say, like, God, fill me up, fill me up, fill me up. We have too much spiritual obesity in the church. Amen. Oh. We have people sitting on the pews for 30 years and have experienced the Spirit of God for 30 years, and they won't go out and relieve the Spirit that is in them. But yet, every time they come in, they want more and more and more and more. Wow. It's time that we go on a spiritual diet lose what God has gave you into hearts and souls. That is the purpose of the church. That is the purpose as us as believers. That way God can refill you with fresh and with, uh, with a new an, uh, an anointing. And as I close, as my wife comes and prepares, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives before we can ever do anything. We need His empowerment. We need His all in us. We're not supposed to go through this Christian life And fulfill the mission of God that God ordained us without his spirit upon us. Enabling us, empowering us, equipping us to live this life and do the works of Jesus Christ. It is impossible. You cannot do it. How many times have you tried to do something of the Lord on your own flesh? On your own strength? And find yourself in worse shape than you did before you started? It's by his spirit. Not by might, nor by power. But it's by his spirit, says the Lord. As my wife sings, let's just open our hearts. If you feel spiritually fatigued, or your your spirit may be full, you may come in here with a full spirit. Ask God, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Or what would you have me to do? If you're empty, ask God to fill you. And if you're full, let's, let's take that into the hearts and lives of other people. And if you need special prayer for anything, as my wife sings, let's all worship the Lord.